Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On the Autosport podcast today, an exclusive chat with Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. Welcome to the Autosport podcast. I'm John Noble, F1 editor of motorsport.com. And on the show today, I sit down with Charles Leclerc for an exclusive chat backstage at Autosport International. It's Europe's largest motorsport show held every year in January. And this year we were honoured that Charles wanted to fly in to open the event on Sunday. You can hear what he tells me about his thoughts on the 2020 season, his maturing relationship with Sebastian Vettel and how a new five-year contract with Ferrari will affect how he goes racing. And after my interview, keep listening for a fan Q&A from the main stage too. There are plenty of very young Leclerc fans in the audience who got the chance to ask their hero a question and of course, get a selfie and an autograph. Charles, happy new year. Welcome to the Autosport International Show. you know, you've had an amazing 2019 season. You went from a near rookie in Formula One to many people now view you as a, a championship contender. You're a race winner. Does the year, looking back on it, does it feel a bit unreal or does it feel now more normal? It does a little bit. I didn't know what to expect starting the year uh, with Ferrari. First year with Ferrari, it's always very intimidating once you're arriving in the team next to Seb, uh, who is a four-time world champion. So was a big challenge for me but uh, I've learned a lot from Seb and I, in the beginning of the of the season uh, the first few races I've learned uh, a lot uh, I did quite a few mistakes but I think I've always learned from the mistakes and and then it has been a, a pretty uh, good year uh, in which I've uh, yeah, as I've said uh, learned a lot and I'm, I'm happy about it one of the big stories of winter was you extending your contract at Ferrari we'll see you there for five more years now what does that change for you what does it mean for you having this long-term stability 
Well, it's great. It's the first time in my career that I've got uh, such a, a long contract. Uh, it's good to know that uh, uh, to have stability at the end in a career and to know uh, what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Uh, so on that now I am relaxed in my head and uh, fully focused on the job. And I think it's a, it's a great challenge for Ferrari and for myself to try and develop uh, uh, an exciting future altogether and to try to work on a, on a, on a long-term basis. So I think it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's a, good, a very good thing. You made huge progression in Formula One last year. We saw, that, saw the improvements you made. Where do you feel you, you made the biggest gains last year and what have you focused on kind of this winter to make another step into 2020? I think there are a few, uh, few steps during the seasons. After the first three, four races, I've seen that my weakness was more the qualifying than, uh, than the race. So I focused quite a lot on the qualifying and did a, quite a big step uh, from France onwards uh, in qualifying, which was good to see. Um, and then in the race, I think I've still got quite a bit of work to do. Seb has uh, a big experience in, in the race and he's stronger than me at the moment. So uh, my, my work this winter is mostly on, on the race to try and, and improve that. Yeah. Are, are the improvements only about your driving or are there aspects of kind of car engineering, working with the team, working better at the factory, understanding the, the kind of correlation with the simulator? Are they important areas as well? Yes, I mean it's not only my driving, but it's uh, it's a whole 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 thing. Uh, so uh, yeah, working with the team, the setups, trying to maybe sometimes sacrifice a little bit the qualifying to be a bit stronger in the race, um, and all of these small details at the end makes the difference in in the race. But I've I've progressed quite a lot in in the races uh, throughout uh, the the season, and uh, and I'm I'm trying to keep working on that to get even better for the future. How much better do you think you know you can be heading into the start of 2020? Do you still see a, a good rapid progression of yourself? Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, I always analyze very well my mistakes, what I can do better, and normally uh, I think my strength is to try and, and, and not making the mistakes again or to improve from the weak points I've got. So uh, there's still a big margin of improvement still, and... Uh, and I'm working very hard to, uh, yeah, to, to improve as quickly as possible. Yeah, you've got a bit of a kind of reputation of being quite hard on yourself on the radio. We, you know, when you make mistakes, you know, you're criticizing yourself and shouting. Is, is that an important kind of aspect of your personality? Do you find that you know, that's how best you can improve yourself? Everyone works differently. Some people doesn't uh, doesn't work like this. I do, uh, and I never like to blame others whenever I do a mistake. So that's why I'm hard. At, at the end, I'm not hard. I think I'm just objective, um, which helps me to uh, yeah to get better whenever I do something wrong. Because we we noticed a, a step change. You know, last year you say I need to improve qualifying. You improve qualifying in Austria when you had the incident with Max. You said, and now I understand what driving stands are like at Silverstone. You had a great battle. There, there seems to be a deliberate understand something act on it immediately and improve is that a, a trait you know you've noticed in yourself and you've carried in your whole career yeah it's something i focused quite a lot uh, also being younger uh, to try and and uh, and be sure that whenever i do something wrong i i i fix it and straight away and uh, and yeah i think as i said earlier i think it's one of my strengths yeah what's your relationship like with sebastian vettel because you know we see flashpoints on track we, we hear things on the radio but then there's stories like in Japan after Russia you went for dinner together and we're having a having a laugh what's what's it like behind the scenes I think we are mature enough to understand that whatever happens on track uh, obviously we are two competitors we both want to win and it will be wrong if otherwise if, if it will be uh, the other way around uh, so uh, yeah we, we want to win we are extremely competitive and sometimes on track uh, we might 
have some frictions, but uh, yeah, at the end we are mature enough to, to know that what's happened on track is on track and off tracks we are different persons. And uh, I think the most important is that we work well together, especially off track to try and, and, and develop the car in the best way possible. Uh, and of course not exceed the limits whenever we are on track like we've seen in Brazil. But I think it was a good lesson for both of us and it won't happen again. Does having that competitiveness drive you forward as well? That having having a rivalry like that is actually something that makes you a better it does it does because it pushes us uh, both of us uh, to try and and push our limits to be to be stronger whenever he's in front of me I don't like it and I work uh, even harder and whenever he's the opposite it's the same for him so uh, I think it it pushes us forward yes but it's easy easy to kind of switch off afterwards and go out for the dinners in Japan and have a have a not a friendship but a, a an understanding relationship as well yeah i mean uh, there's been times where we didn't really understand each other in some situations but uh, i think it's never really good to speak about it straight away straight away after an incident uh, so we we let us some time and then after uh, russia we we did, we sat down again in in japan and then uh, we understood ourselves and i think we uh, we grown up from from this experience yeah i want to ask you about your pre-start ritual because i find it quite interesting that on the grid a lot of drivers run and hide away in garages but you will sit close to the car uh, in public photographers you know right up to your face how do you concentrate? Why, why do you adopt that? Because it's become a bit of a, a Leclerc trademark. I don't know. I just like to be next to my car, see what everything is going on and not being surprised if anything has gone wrong. In the meantime, I was in the garage or something like this. So, uh, yeah, whenever I'm able to see the car, because there's a lot of photographs, as you said. But, uh, but yeah, whenever I can see the car, I'm happy to see it and to be next to it. Um, and that's where I feel best. So uh, I just stay there. Is it not distracting having... You know, cameras right up to your face when you're you know, trying to concentrate on the race. The first time it can be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, but then you just I, I just got used to it because at the end, uh, as I said, that's the place where I want to stay. So I, I need to get used to the to the photographs and the media being being next to me. F1's heading for a bit of a I think golden era. People believe there's you. They've got Max Verstappen at Red Bull and Lewis Hamilton, the, the kind of old old guard at, at Mercedes. The, the, three people who are going to define Formula One over the next few years. How does it feel to be a part of this kind of the, the, the trio who are being viewed as the, the next golden era? Well, it feels it feels very good. On the other hand, I don't think we are only us three, and I think um, overall it's going to be a very exciting time for Formula One. There are a lot of youngsters coming that I know extremely well. Um, we have all grown together and I know how strong they all are and I believe it's going to be very very competitive in the next uh, couple of years which is uh, which is great for Formula 1 in general uh, so yes of course at the moment uh, Max well I mean there are, there are three top teams but I'm, I'm pretty sure some, some young guys will, will come in these top teams and it, it, will be, it will be very very tough so it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting Does your perception of that, that battle kind of different now than it was 12 months ago because you kind of you've grown so much over these 12 months the, the pole positions the race victories the the points that where, where, what your ambitions and dreams are now are maybe a bit this is different. quite a big difference yeah because I mean before that even last year I was not really fighting for top positions um but now to be fighting with Lewis at the beginning of the season with also Seb 
Uh, Max was a little bit different because I raced with him in karting, but especially Seven and Lewis, it's a... Uh, yeah, you, you feel proud the first time you are fighting with them because uh, these are drivers that I've been looking in the past when I, when I was in, in karting or starting my single-seater career, hoping to join them one day. So to fight on track with them is something quite special. So it felt a bit weird at the beginning, but uh, yeah, now is the end of the first year, so, uh, or the start of the second year with Ferrari. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it feels a bit more normal and... Um, and yeah, start to get used to it. And just finally, 2020 is just around the corner now. What can we expect from you and Ferrari? Where are both of you going to be better going into this season? Um, I hope, or at least I'm working extremely hard to do less mistakes that I've done in, in 2019. I think as a, as a team, we also need to focus on that. Uh, in terms of performance, it's always very, very difficult to know before the the first race actually I was going to say winter testing but actually in 2019 winter testing went a lot better than than the first race so we'll wait the first race but uh, we've been I think working well um, and then uh, to see the performance we'll see a bit later on but I feel definitely more ready than at the beginning of 2019 and I hope I'll be able to prove it on track perfect thank you very much no problem thanks there you go Lovely to see you, Charles. Do pull up a pew. Before we begin, how are you liking Birmingham? Is this your first time in Birmingham? It's my first time in Birmingham. I, I really like it. Unfortunately, I didn't have the time much to go around the city, but it's, uh, it's great. I thought it would be colder. It's actually not that, not that cold, so all good. And what have you been doing over the winter since the end of the Formula One season? Have you been sort of chilling out? Have you been on holiday anywhere? I haven't done anything. So just sleeping, basically, 80% of the time and uh, the other 20 skiing a little bit and uh, seeing the family but apart from that that's it sleeping 80 percent of the time is he a man or is he a cat who here pitched a question via the front desk oh brilliant well fred asks if you could drive any past ferrari formula one car which would it be and why difficult question uh probably the 2004 Formula One Ferrari um, yeah just because it was extremely quick uh, and uh, just to drive with this sound I think that's what we are lacking a little bit in Formula One at the moment and, and to drive with this just gives you emotion so probably this, this car yeah. okay Deborah asks if you could race against any Formula One driver from history who would you choose and why Ayrton Senna, without, without any doubts, just because uh, he uh, is uh, the only idol I have, even though I have never seen him in, in real life, it's uh, always a, a person that inspired me a lot, so uh, yeah, if there's one person, it will be him. Okay, Harry asks, if you could invite any three Formula One drivers, past or present, for a dinner party, who would you invite? Well, Pierre Gasly, as he's a very good friend of mine. Daniel, uh, Ricciardo, um, because, yeah, also he's a good friend of mine. And James Hunt, probably. James Hunt. Tell us why James Hunt, because he's a, <laughs> I don't know. a legend in these he, parts. He looks like a, he looks like fine, like a funny guy, so, uh, yeah, just, just to get to know him a bit better. <laughs> he was a funny guy, actually. Right. Well, here's, here's one from Twitter, from Jan on Twitter. Would you like to race in other series or one-off races during the F1 off-season? For example, in a Ferrari in the Daytona 24 hours? Why not? 
to be completely honest, I am obsessed with Formula One. So uh, in the off season, I would like to have just a bit more races to still race in Formula One. But uh, if I had to choose, probably rally is something I would like to experience one day. I mean, it's yeah, it is a uh, it is quite different to what I am used to uh, going around in circles uh, from from the morning to the afternoon. So yeah, probably rally is something exciting that I would like to try. Now you say you're obsessed with Formula One. We've, we've, we've been having a video on circulation where one of my colleagues goes to Lando Norris's flat and goes on his simulator, and we see his simulator rig, we see his neatly lined up shoes, and, and I think, no girlfriend. You've got a girlfriend, I know she's backstage, so does that mean no simulator in your flat? No, 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 there's no choice for her, so I, I've still got the simulator, she's here. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, she's supportive, so she, she understands my job, and whenever I go on the simulator, she just watch. I'm trying to uh, make her pass the driving license. It's, it's not so easy. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, she has a simulator to train, so it's, uh, it's great. Judging by the format of this one, I think this is one from the crowd here today. Is, do we have a Kaylee out there today? Is Kaylee from Birmingham out there? Hello, Kaylee. Oh, you asked a question earlier, didn't you? Okay, well, this is from the lady down there on the other side of the speaker. Um, she says, Monza was pretty emotional to watch. How did it feel standing on that podium? It's very, very difficult to find the words to describe what I, what I felt during this, this race. I mean, it was... I had a lot of pressure. The whole team had a lot of pressure because obviously we were in Italy. Ferrari in Italy is huge and, and everyone wanted us to win. Um, so there was a big pressure around the whole team. Uh, the week started already from the Monday, which is quite different compared to the other Grand Prix because normally we start on the Thursday as drivers, but we started on the Monday with some events in Milan and things like this. So the pressure was building up. Um, and then doing the poll was something special already but then I had to focus on the race and in the race I had no no space to breathe I had Lewis all the race uh, I think in at less than two seconds uh, so a lot of pressure uh, and then to be on the podium to finally have won the, the race and to see uh, the Red Army this time under the podium was something extremely special so uh, yeah it gave me chills and it uh, made me realize I think what it is like to be a Ferrari driver, which, uh, yeah, of course I realized a little bit before, but I think you really realize it once you win in Monza and see the passion. Uh, you can really see in the eyes of the people the passion that they have for the, for the brand, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable to see. Um, I think it was Mario Andretti who said he went, he went to that um, Milan celebration of Ferrari's history as well, and he said, you know, I've... I've I've not driven a Ferrari Formula One car since 1982. I didn't think anyone would remember who I was. And they're all shouting, Mario, Mario. You know, is, 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 do you feel like you're really, really part of that rich history of Ferrari now? Yeah, definitely. Well, at least the, the, the fans make me feel this way. And it's, uh, it, it's great to, uh, to, to feel that way. But then, of course, whenever I stand uh, next to Mario or legends like this, I, I don't feel... Uh, at the right place, but now it's up to me to do the job on the track and to try and, and, and show uh, my, my capacities, ab abilities. I, th I think winning in a Ferrari at Monza is um, kind of, you, you, you're on the journey there, aren't you? Now, um, uh, Jack, this, this is one from social media. I'm guessing by the subject matter, it's from Instagram. Um, Jack asks, does it become a swimming pool in the cockpit when F1 has a wet race? Actually, we 
we we don't get much water uh, just because we are going so quick that uh, yeah the, the water we are not really wet at the end of the race uh, it's just a bit refreshing which is which is nice on some races sometimes it's a bit too cold but uh, yeah it's part it's part of the job actually I don't really uh, take any attention to that I just focus on the job well in in a wet race you're probably thinking more about what you can and can't see in front of you than how wet your pants are aren't you yeah exactly the visibility in the wet is very very limited uh, so uh, mostly we look on the white on the white line on the at the extremity of the track to know more or less where we are because as soon as we've got two or three cars in front with the spray we we can't see anything even because today's wet tires shift an amazing amount of water don't they it's like hundreds of liters per minute something like that so it's actually crazy the amount of stuff that's just thrown into the air yeah, I don't know how many liters exactly. I'm not very good at technical stuff, but uh, I know I know it's quite a lot. <laughs> Mario Solo from Pirelli was here the other day. That's probably a question best directed at him. Uh, another social media one here. Katie asks, "Who inspired you to get into racing?" Um, I think the first person was probably obviously my dad. He was in he was in racing too, so uh, he he spoke to me of his early races or early years when he started racing and things like this and then um, I started actually by coincidence I didn't want to go to school that day like many children I guess <laughs> there are quite a bit here uh, don't take example on me and I, I told my dad I was ill uh, just because I didn't want to uh, luckily for me he believed me and uh, by coincidence he was going to the scouting track so I, I went with him and um, uh, obviously, after that, he saw that I was not ill when I started to push to, to try karting, uh, which I did. And then from, from that day onwards, then I, fall, I fell in love with the sport. And um, I had also Jules, my godfather, Jules Bianchi, who was also in the sport. So obviously, following him, it, it gave me a... Um, yeah, I just wanted to continue, and, and I liked it. So, uh, yeah, then it just was natural. On, on that note, on, on the Motorsport UK stand the other day, uh, Rob Smedley, the former... Uh, Ferrari F1 engineer launched a new generation of electric carts for that kind of Bambino and Cadet because his thing is that kart even karting's getting a little bit expensive nowadays. So wh what do you think about that, the electric, electric motors in carts? Well, it's different. I think I've done, only, I, I've done actually one race with electric carts, which was in Bercy, uh, an indoor a karting race, and it was actually very, very fun. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that if he's built the right way, and uh, with Rob uh, looking at it, I'm pretty sure he's built the right way. So uh, I think it, it, it is a, a good opportunity. And uh, with what's happening with, with the world overall, I, I guess uh, you, you have to look at those things. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Have we got Jack from Southampton here? Jack from Southampton has asked a question. Well, oh, hello, Jack. Jack down there giving you a wave. What does it feel like to drive a Formula One car? It feels very, very quick. That's for sure. Um, but then, actually, you you don't really you don't really realize it when you drive because you have there's so much things going on. We've got a steering wheel with a lot of buttons. I don't know. If, have you ever seen a Formula One steering wheel? So there are a lot of buttons, which I had to take lessons to just learn what was it. Um, and uh, and yeah. So then you are focused more on the steering wheel than on driving sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, most of all, it feels, it feels very quick, uh, especially the first times. Then you get used to the, to the speed, and you are just trying to find the very small details to gain a little bit of time and to be the quickest on track.
how long does it take to learn all the controls? Because you really are changing stuff all the way through the lap. And I suppose we have to ask, do you ever accidentally switch it into the wrong mode by mistake? You do sometimes. Uh, whenever I have a big catch on the steering wheel, or sometimes, some, sometimes you just touch uh, a button that you didn't want to touch. So then the, the engineers are also here to help you, so they can come on the radio and tell you to, uh, to go back to the uh, previous engine mode. Um, but uh, it takes quite a long time. So I had a book of like 70 or 80 pages when I first arrived in Formula One, which I had to learn. But I'm very bad at learning things. So uh, I was more learning on the simulator, basically, uh, just hours and hours. Um, and then it comes more naturally, because they, what is on the steering wheel are things that you are using during the qualifying lap or during the race, and which are helping quite a lot the performance. So you need to know these things. But even today, I'm still learning other things. And everything is um, personalized for every driver. So yeah, basically every race you are adding or taking off things that you are not using and um, yeah, just to uh, optimize it for you. Let's pull, another, let's pull another one from the bowl. Uh, one that's a bit easier to unwrap, I hope. Here we go. Oh, it's another one from social media. Peter asks, how do you cope with the different time zones when traveling? Well, we've all got that problem, haven't we? How do you cope with the different time zones, the jet lag? I was actually pretty happy of how I was coping. I was not doing anything special, but I was always sleeping when I arrived at the track. But towards the end of the season, did you come to did you come to the to the to the last races? Oh Lord, no! I was done by Belgium. Lucky you. <laughs> I, I, I call, I'm coming to more next year. <laughs> I call I call not sleep. So the last four or five races, I only had like four hours. Yeah, four hours sleep every every night, which normally I'm more around nine ten. I'm a big sleeper. Um, so uh, yeah, was a bit was a bit more difficult, but um, yeah, I've, I haven't got any particular technique to uh, to get over the, the the time zones. Peter was greedy and asked two questions, so I've thrown him back into the mix. Let's open the next one. Stephanie, also off the internet. Now, does this? Mm. This is definitely Instagram because it's well over 280 characters. Stephanie asks, how much involvement have you had in the development of the 2020 car? And how do you drivers make their contribution to pre-season car design? This is quite a difficult one. To the car design, we don't have much influence because we are not uh, technical enough, I will say, to, to try and uh, yeah, to have the, the power to change these things. Uh, then on the direction, it's more on the balance you, you want. So different drivers have their preferences in balance, whether you want a more of a steering car or more under steering car. Now the team starts to know me a little bit, so they know what I want from the car, and they try to build the car around that to have more or less this balance. And then we, of course, do the last details. We change the last details with the, with the setups and, and the freedom we have uh, with the setups on the car. So... Uh, yeah, on the car design itself, we don't have much influence, but, uh, but mostly, yeah, on the, on the balance, as I said, which depends on, on uh, different drivers. And they're changing the car throughout the year quite a lot, aren't they? You made quite a big step in Singapore, but there were other steps, and that's all in response to you saying what you want to do with the balance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There are two different, yeah, in aerodynamics, or you change something to have a better, better balance throughout the corner, or you just change the level of aerodynamic uh, you have on the car, so high uh, downforce or low downforce. But this is more 
down to the engineers to, to choose that. Uh, as I said, we are more part of, of the driver's feeling at the end, what we are feeling, which is the, the balance of the car. Have we got Lily May from South... Ha oh, ah, another one, the lady down there with, with the tinsel. Hello, Lily May from Southampton. I'm afraid my colleagues have spelled Southampton as two words. Can you forgive them? I know people from, people from Southampton are very proud of Southampton. What first got you interested in Formula One? I, I love the speed. I love the adrenaline of the sport. And uh, that's what I needed when I was younger. I, uh, yeah, I, I just love the speed. And that's what uh, makes me like karting at first. And uh, that's why I still love the sport. Because, of course, you grew up in Monaco, so you'll have heard the cars while, while you were growing up, wouldn't you? Yeah, also when I was at school, actually, the Thursday there were the practice that was starting, which is quite special for the Monaco, for the Monaco, Monaco Grand Prix. Um, and, yeah, I was at school and I could hear the engine, uh, the Formula One's engines going on. And, yeah, of course, I, I, the only thing I wanted is to go out of school go to see the Formula 1 cars, and, um, and that's what I was doing with, uh, with my father and my family in general uh, whenever it was done. So, uh, yeah, this also pushed me to, uh, uh, to look even further into racing. Uh, my, my illustrious predecessor as host of this stage got expelled from Stowe School for bunking off and watching the Formula 1 testing at Silverstone. So um, you're in good company there. So we have... Um, I nearly, read, I nearly read this as Viagra, but I'm afraid it's a lady from the internet called Viandra. Uh, says, how does it feel to be teammates with a four-time world champion? How many things did you learn from him? I learned a lot, uh, really a lot. I mean, he's extremely professional and he's going a lot into date details. Um, and Seb is also a very nice person. So... Uh, we are, we are working well together. Obviously, we've had our moments on the track which, uh, in which we've learned uh, together, and hopefully it won't happen again, uh, things like, like in Brazil. But at the end, I think we are mature enough out of the car to work together and to try and develop the car in the right way. Um, but yeah, I think in the way he's working with the team and the engineers, I've, I've learned a lot and I've still got a lot to learn. Uh, he's going a lot in the details, as I said, and things that I never thought would be helpful to the engineers, he will say anything. And, and sometimes I'm just here listening for one hour what he has to say is, uh, about, a, about a session, and, uh, and it's just very, very interesting. Okay, Stephen from the internet, I'm thinking this might be a Twitter question because it's slightly eccentric. How many flies, on average, hit your helmet in a race? <laughs> in a race? Uh, I'll say a thousand. Do you have the answer? I, I don't. No, think no, 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 no. You're the uh, one giving the answer. Well, you've got a tear off, so you don't. Yeah, count, we've got like, I think 20, 20 tears off on the on the visor. Anytime I start the race, I've got twenty on. I finish. I don't have any, and I wish I had more. Um, so yeah, quite quite a lot. Do we have Karen from London here? Karen from London. We have uh, a question from the floor. Whoop. She coughed and dropped. Off she left after uh, depositing her question. Um, yeah, Karen from London asks, given Ferrari's close links with Fiat, what will the chances be for a MotoGP F1 swap? I would love to drive MotoGP, but I'm not sure Ferrari agrees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to ask, but I, I would love to. I mean, bikes, I, I, I love bikes in general. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure Ferrari agrees for me to drive a MotoGP bike. 
it's a sh Ducati's owned by Audi now, isn't it? So that would be off, wouldn't it? That's a terrible shame. Megan asks, what track do you find most challenging and why? We're on safer ground here, aren't we? What track do you find most challenging and why? Overall, the city tracks are the one that are most challenging. Uh, apart from them, probably Suzuka. The first sector is very, very, very technical. And if you miss one corner, then you are late for all the others and you are losing a lot of, of lap time. So Suzuka and then, uh, and yeah, in the city tracks, probably Monaco and Singapore are my two favorite tracks, but probably the, the two most uh, challenging tracks of the season. It's tough, isn't it? Because Singapore, you, you're sweating basically all the time, aren't you? It's really hot. It's a, it's a big race. The race in Singapore is extremely difficult because it's very, very warm. Um, night race, so for the eyes also you are making a lot more effort. And uh, I think it's also the longest race of the season. We are always close to two hours. Um, and, yeah, there are walls, so you can't afford to do any mistakes. But, uh, but I enjoy this. Joel asks, what's your favorite moment from your Formula One career and why? Monza. Monza, yeah, without any doubt. Just for the same reasons I said earlier. Um, yeah, to be on that podium and to see uh, so many people cheering for one team and, and the team I'm racing for. Was, uh, was something very, very special. Okay, right, one from the floor, I think. Do we have Logan from Bournemouth anywhere? Hello, Logan from Bournemouth. Logo from, Logan from Bournemouth asks, is 2021 the year you're going to win the title? I hope, I hope 2020 is the year I will win the title. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy to wait until 2021 if I've got... Uh, for sure the title, but it's going to be very difficult. I think 2020 will be a very important year where teams are going to invest a lot, obviously, because then the budget cap is coming in 2021. Um, so, yeah, I'll try to be as ready as possible uh, for, for 2021, as I think it will be a big year. And uh, hopefully we'll be working um, properly with the team to build, uh, to build the right car uh, to be able to, to, win, to win the championship. Who here thinks Charles will win in 2020? We've got a few. Even did, did, we have, did we have the closet Mercedes fan who took his cap off? Yeah, yeah. Silence in that quarter, right? He was, he, was all, he was willing to take his Mercedes cap off for a signed piece of merch, but he's not here up to stand up for his opinion. Oh, we do. Oh, I'm, it's being pointed out. Well, I can't see. There's millions of people out there. Right, we've got another question from the floor. Do we have Alianora here from nowhere? Alianora from... Hello, Alianora from blank. Please could you tell us which historical Ferrari you would most like to test drive? So that could be any road or race car. Or one of those super expensive ones from a private collection. Um, I've only gone through the race car earlier, so road car... Probably the LaFerrari. I've never, I've never driven it, so probably this is the car I'd like to drive. You should ask Mattia to give you one as a company car. Where would you yeah. park it in Monaco, though? Oh, the parking place. I'm pretty sure that if they give it to me as a company car, I'll find the place. But uh, <laughs> the problem is not to get it as a company car. That would be difficult. Oh, well, if you don't ask, you don't get. Oh, we've got one from the floor. Steve from Birmingham. Steve from Birmingham. Are you out there? Hello, Steve from Birmingham. Oh, right there. This, this is like question corner. Give, give Charles a wave, Steve from Birmingham. My eight-year-old son has just started in karting. What's your tip to him for becoming an F1 driver? Is that the little eight-year-old down there? No, not with you. Oh. 
just enjoy. I think this is the most important thing in everything you do. Uh, whenever you enjoy, you are you are doing you are doing better. And um, I remember a little bit myself when I was younger. I was very determined. Is that the right word in English? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had one focus, and it was Formula One, and and that's the only thing I, I thought whenever I was waking up or, or going to sleep. And, um, and yeah, just give everything, but enjoying, I think, is the most important thing. If he enjoys what he, what he does, he will do it well. Amy asks, Amy's here. Hello, Amy. <laughs> did, you, did you submit this via Twitter or Instagram, madam, just for my own curiosity? Oh, Facebook, the one I didn't list. What's your go-to food before a race? McDonald's. <laughs> no, I've got a, quite a precise diet. Uh, before, before actually going into the car. So most of the time it's salmon with vegetables, not so much. It depends how much uh, time I've got before the race. Uh, otherwise, it's just little snacks. But, but most of the times I, I try to have the time to eat salmon and vegetables. Should we have one more before we release Charles to sign some autographs? Let's do, let's do one more. I think we've got time. We got, I, I need three arms for this. No, you're, just, you're, just, you're just smirking at me because you find this highly amusing as I attempt to I'm discharge just, this very difficult task. How hard can it be to ask some questions? Freddie from the internet asks, is Freddie there? Hello, Freddie. Hello, Freddie. What are your goals and aspirations for the 2020 season? The goals are always try to target the, the highest possible. So in case I fail to, uh, to get to there, is, I, I just go a little bit below. Um, so basically, it's to be world champion, which is very, very optimistic, but I always target very high. Um, so yeah, uh, this is it. I'll try to give everything to, uh, to try and, and win. At the end, I'm, I'm driving for, uh, for me, for, for the best team, and, uh, and I just want to give them what they deserve. So it's up to me to do the job on track. Stacy says, what is your favorite thing to do during the off-season? And I'll, I'll add a little, quest, a little code to that, apart from sleeping. Um, skiing, probably. Skiing, especially during this winter time. I love skiing, so um, it's not the safe, safest thing to do. Um, and, yeah, quite a lot of drivers, we are limited by what we can do, but, uh, yeah. They, they allow me to, to ski, so skiing is probably the best thing to do and to see the family because we, don't, we haven't got much time during the season to see them. So, um, yeah, just stay with the family and skiing. Do you have to ask permission before you go and do something like that? I mean, not stay with the family, but go skiing and whatnot. Yes, you normally should do. Uh, I do, actually, I do. I, I didn't for skydiving because I just told myself that in case it will go wrong, <laughs> I, I will not be here to be, uh, to be told up. So, uh, yeah, I just went for it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then they were a little bit upset. But, uh, but yeah, at the end, I won't do it a, a second time. It was amazing, eh? but uh, I, I, it was just to do it once. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's not that much of a jump, your next job, because I think, I think it's time Charles started signing some autographs, isn't it? So, Charles, thank you very much for your time here today. Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Leclerc. Thanks ever so much for joining us here today. Thanks for listening to your Sport Podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, and you'll never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps us grow the show, and we'll see you next time on the Autosport Podcast.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.